الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين يا رب لك الحمد كما ينبغي لجلال وجهك ولعظيم سلطانك تبارك اسم ربك ذو الجلال والإكرام وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله القاهر فوق عباده إذا قضى أمرا فإنما يقول له كن فيكون وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا وهادينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبد الله ورسوله وصفيه وخليله لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الآخر وذكر الله كثيرا من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له ومن يتوكل على الله فهو حسبه ومن يتوكل على الله فإن الله على كل شيء قدير أما بعد أيها المؤمنون Muslims with all the pressures that have come to bear need to uplift their spirits and place their confidence in Allah Al-Qawiyu Al-Qadir Al-Muqtadir and then let the will of Allah Jalla Jalaluh take its course many times we notice when we think we notice that Muslims are psychologically weak and then they become socially reactive instead of being ahead of the trend they are behind times take for an example the day of Al-Quds the last Jumu'ah in the month of Ramadan it has become 
solitary day in the year and the rest of the 360 plus days or whatever it is 350 plus days depending on your calendar of reference those days everyone's in their own world and then when the day of Al-Quds approaches in that week or two before that everyone squirms around to do something there's not a sustained effort that goes into that day a sustained effort that can culminate in that day and this is not a Quranic and a prophetic attitude so as not to be reacting and emotionally bouncing from occasion to occasion let us learn from Allah subhanahu and his prophet may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his The first ayah in Surah Bani Israel or Surah Al-Isra, the first ayah says, Subhana Levi Asra Bi'abdihi Layla. We learned from a previous khutbah that the word Subhan something like exalted extolled and praised is Allah the word subhan is uttered when something very unusual develops or happens some people call it a miracle if you notice a miracle the if you are Islamic and Quranic and prophetic the first word that comes out of your mouth is subhanallah that's because the world of cause and effect are suspended or cancelled and something extraordinary something exceptional happens so this surah is alerting us the first word in it says subhana levi asra bi'abdihi layla that's all we're going to deal with these words in this khutbah subhana levi asra bi'abdihi layla so the first word is to acknowledge Allah's uniqueness Allah's exaltation because of what الذي أسرى بعبده ليلا the word abd is one of those words that has been damaged by the passage of time in the past four, 1400 years the word abd has 
basically lost its flavor. It doesn't have a taste anymore in the mind of those who are verbalizing it. There is a discussion, an argument of whether the Prophet of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Alihi Wasallam when he went on this journey from Mecca to Al-Quds to Sidrat Al-Muntaha was that journey with his body or whether, whether it was only with his soul The word Abd means both body and soul together. So this journey was a journey with the Prophet in his total being, body and soul included. If this was just a matter like some Muslims argue, if this was just a matter of the Prophet of Allah going on this journey only in his spirit or in his soul, because it's both of these are mentioned, then what's the argument going to be about? Why was there a big fuss? Why was there a challenge in people not believing, oh, this is impossible, how can this be? Because when news broke out, the Prophet came back and he told the people what happened. Then some people began to have their question marks, their doubts, their challenges to what the Prophet said. In Surah Yusuf, there's the narrative of the king having a vision while he was sleeping. The ayat in that surah says, وَقَالَ الْمَلِكُ إِنِّي أَرَى سَبْعَ بَقَرَاتٍ سِمَانٍ يَأْكُلُهُنَّ سَبْعُ بَقَرَاتٍ سَبْعٌ عِجَافٍ وَسَبْعَ سُنْبُلَاتٍ خُضْرٍ وَأُخَرَ يَابِسَاتٍ يَا أَيُّهَا الْمَلَأِ أَفْتُونِي فِي رُؤْيَايَ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ لِلْرُؤْيَا تَعْبُرُونَ This king in Egypt said, I had a dream. And in that dream I saw seven bulky cows eating seven skinny cows. And seven sprouts of wheat that are green and others that were very dry. The king speaks to his council and he says, tell me, what's the meaning of this? If you have knowledge of interpreting this dream. 
قالوا أضغاث أحلام وما نحن بتأويل الأحلام بعالمين They said, ah, this is just, you know, one of these dreams and we, we just don't know how to explain a dream. So there was no fuss. No one was arguing with him. How do you see something like that? Because it was something that was did not have to do with the body itself. But when the Prophet of Allah went on this journey, because he went with his body, then everyone said, that's impossible. They told him, it takes us one month to travel to Al-Quds. And here you're telling us, you went in one night to Al-Quds, and from there you went up to heaven, and then you came back? Subhanallah. So what, what is it here? The rules of cause and effect don't apply. That's why we say, Subhanallah. It's only Allah who's capable of doing this. The word Abid, as we said, all of us are Abid of Allah. The Kafir is Abid of Allah. The Kafirs are Abid of Allah. And so is the Mu'min. When the sun shines, it only shines on a Mu'min. When there's a flood, the flood only affects a kafir? No. When we come to the physical laws of the world, we are all abid. But we are not all ibad. Ibad are those who have been, in a sense, approaching Allah and favored by Allah. But that's not something that comes to your mind when you read the word in the Quran. In Surah Al-Kahf, فَوَجَدَا عَبْدًا مِّنْ عِبَادِنَا آتَيْنَاهُ عِلْمًا مِّنْ لَدُنَّا فَوَجَدَا آتَيْنَاهُ رَحْمَةً مِّنْ لَدُنَّا وَعَلَّمْنَاهُ مِنْ لَدُنَّا عِلْمًا آتَيْنَاهُ رَحْمَةً مِنْ عِنْدِنَا وَعَلَّمْنَاهُ مِنْ لَدُنَّا عِلْمًا This is Musa. He encounters a abd. He didn't encounter another prophet. He didn't encounter a messenger of Allah. He encountered a abd. And this abd will prove through the interaction with Musa, with the events of life, to be more mature than Musa. That doesn't mean Musa is a lesser prophet. Some, this is It's a problem with human beings. If someone says something like this, then they're going to say, oh look, he's knocking down the isma of the prophet. No. No one is doing anything like that. Please understand. Subhanallahi asra bi'abdih. Allah didn't say Subhanallah asra bi nabiyyah Subhanallah asra bi rasulih No Subhanallah asra bi abdih 
That's how important the meaning of Abd is when you become the sole subject of Allah Subhanahu. Then the question some people have, why was this Isra? Why was it during the night? And why didn't it happen instead of it taking the whole night to happen? Why didn't it? Because Allah in Allah ala kulli shay'in qadir. Allah is capable of everything. He has power to do whatever he wants. Why didn't he do it within a few minutes? Why was it during the night? During a night, oh, these people, some people, they want. Okay, fine. Alhamdulillah, you're beginning to think. Please, let's let's try to deal with this. The information that we have is that when Allah's Prophet, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him, before he embarked on this night journey. There's information that tells us he was in the he was in his own house, in his own home. There's other information tells us he was in the Kaaba, al Bayt al Haram, and then others that say he was in Bayt Ummi Hanit. That's his cousin. So which one is it? Is this you know? Is there some conflicting information here, or what's going on? No, there's no conflicting information. Let's cool down a little and let's understand what happened. The Prophet of Allah, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his, may have been in all of these three places at the beginning of the night. He could have been, let's say, let's explain this to you. At seven o'clock, he could have been in Umhanit's place. At eight o'clock he was in his place, and then at nine o'clock he was in Al Masjid al Haram. It's one way of explaining this. Another way of explaining this, he could have been in Umhanit's house two nights before. In his own house the night before. And then on the particular night he went on this journey he was in the Kaaba in Al-Masjid Al-Haram so the question is okay so why is this mentioned that the night before he was there and then finally he was in Al-Masjid Al-Haram why is this okay prophets are human beings just like you and me they are not angels so they are subject to Human nature, the same nature you and I have, they have. Except their nature is more refined than my nature and your nature, human nature. It's more refined. But do prophets fear? Yes. And because something extraordinary is going to happen, Allah prepares prophets for an event that could shake them to their core and let's demonstrate this from the life of Musa alayhi salam Musa we know performed extraordinary 
developments, happenings, occurrences, incidents. He was involved in that. One of these incidents had to do with his staff, his stick. We know that towards the end, Musa demonstrated Allah's inter interference in the laws of cause and effect by casting his staff, his cane. He threw it there, then it became فَإِذَا هِيَ حَيَّةٌ تَسْعَى It became like a snake that is moving this way and that. But before that, what happened in the life of Musa alayhi salam concerning his own staff? What happened? Allah asks Musa, he, asked, he tells him, وَمَا تِلْكَ بِيَمِينِكَ يَا مُوسَى What is it that you have in your right hand, O Musa? Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of course knows what Musa has in his right hand. Allah is not asking a question to get information he doesn't know. But the, the cast of the question itself is to alert Musa. Pay attention to your staff, to your stick. وَمَا تِلْكَ بِيَمِينِكَ يَا مُوسَى قَالَ هِيَ عَصَايَا This is my stick. أَتَوَكَّأُ عَلَيْهَا I use it for support. وَأَهُشُّ بِهَا عَلَى غَنَمِي I use it for purposes to deal with my sheep. وَلِيَ فِيهَا مَآرِبُ أُخْرَى And I have other advantages or benefits that come out of this stick that I always have. Cast it, throw it down. Musa saw that it became a snake with his own eyes. This is once again an interference with cause and effect. You have a stick, throw it down. You're going to see a snake moving this way and that? No. Cause and effect tells you, you throw a stick down, it's a stick that's going to be on the ground. That's it. Not in this case. Allah says to Musa, take it. Don't be afraid. If Musa wasn't afraid, why is Allah telling him, don't be afraid? And if Musa is afraid, does that damage his rank as a prophet? No. He's afraid. Okay. And he surmounted that fear. قَالَ خُذْهَا وَلَا تَخَفْ سَنُعِيدُهَا سِيرَتَهَا الْأُولَى Take it, don't be afraid, and we'll return it to its previous condition, its previous cause and effect. It's only a stick. On another occasion, in Surah Al-Qasas, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Musa, وَأَنْ أَلْقِ عَصَاكِ And thus, discharge your stick. Throw your stick. فَلَمَّا رَآهَا تَهْتَزُّ كَأَنَّهَا جَانٌ وَلَّا مُدْبِرًا When Musa saw this stick is beginning to move as if it was a jinn, 
you have an idea of what jinn is because the people behind Hollywood they studied these ayat and I'm not speaking about one or two individuals I'm speaking about those who are familiar with Quranic ideas, Quranic information, Quranic imagery. Familiar with that more than some of the Muslims. And so when you begin to see in some presentations the way they tell you a, a jinn is like a ghost, that's what appeared to Musa. فَلَمَّا رَآهَا تَهْتَزُّ كَأَنَّهَا جَانُّ وَلَّا مُدْبِرًا وَلَمْ يُعَقِّبْ He turned his back and ran away without any hesitation. Why would anyone do something like that? But the larger scenario here is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is preparing him so that when he eventually and at the end, when he uses this stick to disprove the Pharaoh's power structure and scientific accomplishments, when he does all that, he does it with confidence. There's no fear. That part of human nature has been surmounted. So if we take this analogy from the lifetime of Musa, which is detailed in the Quran, and we go to the lifetime of Allah's final prophet, and we read that he was in the house of Umhanit, he was in his own house, and then Allah took him from Al-Masjid Al-Haram to Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, we would realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was preparing him for an occasion that releases him from the world of cause and effect. Now the question, the other question is, why was this thing done at night? Why wasn't it done in the daytime? In the daytime, if people were in the Kaaba and they saw the Prophet leave on Al-Buraq, Al-Buraq is a word that has been understood and explained in the past as being a type of animal that is similar to a horse. But and we can understand that the horse at that time was the fastest animal and so this was a vehicle of speed and so to understand this it was something similar to a horse that's a, that's the speediest thing the mind 1400 years ago could understand but al-buraq is the word buraq is a derivative of barq. Barq is a Quranic word. Buraq comes from Sunnah literature. Barq comes from Quranic vocabulary. Barq means lightning. Buraq is a 
form of that lightning. Maybe the, the closest we can put it in words would be transportation lightning. That was the buraq that the Prophet... Now, if that were to occur in the daytime, not at night, this occurred at night, but if it were to occur at, in, during the day, wouldn't you think that this would be a very good demonstration of Allah's power and authority to prove to these people, look, something extraordinary happened, something you wouldn't believe would ever happen, and now you can see it with your own eyes. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose not to have it done at night, but to, I mean in the daytime, but to have it done at night. The reason for that is we are not Allah's Prophet and we, the followers of Allah's Prophet, we are not the types to concentrate on physical, material, palpable miracles. It's not in the character of the Muhammadi message of the Qur'an. The, uh, one ayah in the, surah, the same surah says, وَمَا مَنَعَنَا أَن نُرْسِلَ بِالْآيَاتِ إِلَّا أَن كَذَّبَ بِهَا الْأَوَّلُونَ The reason we, we here is in reference to Allah, تَعَالَتْ حِكْمَتُهُ The reason we are barred from presenting miracles, physical miracles, obvious miracles, sensible miracles that you can sense with your five senses purpose with that for that is those in previous times to whom we presented all of these miracles they just turned their back on these miracles the very good explanation of this the very obvious explanation of this in the history of Bani Israel وَجَاوَزْنَا بِبَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ الْبَحْرِ We had Bani Israel cross the ocean. فَأَتَوْ عَلَىٰ قَوْمٍ يَعْكِفُونَ عَلَىٰ أَصْنَامٍ So now they approach a people who idolize. They have idols as their deities and authorities. Idols? What are idols? Not awthan, asnam. We're not talking about only graven images. We are talking about individuals, people. Because of their power and because of their wealth, they impose authority on the rest of the people. Ya'kifuna ala asnamin lahum. Qalu ya Musa, اجعل لنا إلها كما لهم آلهة. They just Allah just performed the miracle the other day. The sea parted for them, and now they leave. They're somewhere in Sinai. They see these people who have their أصنام. They're telling Musa, قالوا يا موسى اجعل لنا إلها كما لهم آلهة. Oh Musa. Give us a God in the same way they have gods. 
They wanted the Tawheed that we all understand. They want it to become a shirk. And the miracle was just performed for them just the other hour. وَمَا مَنَعَنَا أَن نُرْسِلَ بِالْآيَاتِ إِلَّا أَن كَذَّبَ بِهَا الْأَوَّلُونَ And then let's say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took the Prophet on this miraculous trip during the day. You think they would have, these mushriks of Mecca, they would have submitted to Allah. Another ayah in Surah Al-An'am says, وَلَوْ نَزَّلْنَا عَلَيْكَ كِتَابًا فِي قِرْطَاسٍ فَلَمَسُوهُ بِأَيْدِيهِمْ لَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا إِنْ هَذَا إِلَّا سِحْرٌ مُبِينٌ Allah says to these types of people, even if we were to bring down to you the divine writ, scripture, in a physical book, في قرطاس, it has ink, it has pages, it has words on it, this is the way we're going to give it to you, and then they would feel it with their own hands, لَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا إِنْ هَذَا إِلَّا سِحْرٌ مُبِينٌ Indeed, الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا would say, Ah, this is magic. You see? This is the parting line between those who are caught in a world of cause and effect and those who know how to say and when to say, Subhan. سُبْحَانَ الَّذِي أَسْرَى بِعَبْدِهِ لَيْلًا مِنَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ إِلَى الْمَسْجِدِ الْأَقْصَى And then what did all of this generate for us? This event. The Prophet's night journey from Mecca to Al-Quds and from Al-Quds to beyond heaven. What it generated for us, it showed us a segment of the population who were weak in their commitment. When they heard the Prophet say, they said, no, this has gone too far. We don't want this Islam any longer. This type of event has the feature of filtering out those who were shaky in their iman. Fartaddu, the word for it is, you know, ridda, there's a word that has been misused by the literalist fuqaha of latter years. That word is ridda or irtidad or irtadda or yartaddu. They say that's apostasy. It's not apostasy, it's just renouncing the conviction that they had. And so their conviction, their belief in the Prophet and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they said, we don't want anything to do with that. Some people think that this is a loss. But those who know better will say this is a gain. And now with these events that are shaping up in the colonized areas of the Holy Land is the time for us to begin to understand how we relate to Allah Ta'ala hikmatu 
and how Allah is present in our lives. Otherwise, we don't stand a chance against those who stole the Holy Land, militarized the Holy Land, and now are thinking about a world war that evolves around the Holy Land. وأنتم على يقين بالإجابة وتوبوا إلى الله إن الله تواب رحيم الحمد لله بجميع المحامد على جميع النعم وصلى الله وسلم على المبعوث خيرا ورحمة وهدى لكافة الأمم محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم Dear committed Muslims, brothers and sisters عن الصراط المستقيم in a manner that gives us the immunity and the energy to move out of that mentality and behavior that has always been behind the events so that we can be ahead of these events in this coming month, in a few weeks, there's going to be some very important decisions that are going to be made. These decisions, all of them are locked in the world of cause and effect, all of them. And if we belong to that world, we don't stand a chance. What are these decisions? The first decision, which is in about two weeks, is whether the power establishment in this country is going, or the president, is going to recertify the deal that was struck almost three years ago between an Islamic state and the major powers of the world, the major material powers of the world. And the way things are shaping up, it appears that there's not going to be a recertification or renewal. And the U.S., with it with the grip of zionists over it over the government is going to say we're out of it we're out of this agreement that's issue number 1 that muslims should be thinking about because this can particularly lead to much more significant developments thereafter the second development is the 15th of may on the Gregorian calendar, that is the day when 
the Zionists officially declared to the world that they have a racist nation state in the Holy Land. Of course, we don't figure out what day was that on our calendar. For those of you who may be thinking that little thought there, and it's a thought that breaks through the much publicized and propagandized information around, that corresponds to the 7th of Rajab in the year 1367. And Rajab, is it coincidental or not? The same month Rajab in which it was made official that the Palestinians no longer have a country of their own is the same month in which Al-Isra and Al-Mi'raj occurred. And you can go back to the events that occurred in the month of Rajab and make your own, draw your own conclusions. With these events now approaching, we have, we Muslims say, We all should hold fast to the means from Allah and not be divided. But why aren't we doing that? This is a legitimate question in light of what we see in the real world. The foreign minister of Saudi Arabia says, Qatar, the nation state of Qatar, has to pay for the expenses of the American troops who are in Syria. And in addition to that, Qatar should send its own troops into Syria. Why is someone like that saying something like this? Because they feel the pressure. They no longer can foot the bill, so they want others to foot the bill. If the Americans want money, and you listen to the president over here, all he thinks and talks about is money. No principles, no values. And we say no principles and no values. We're not alone. Other officials are saying the same thing. So right now it's become an argument between two Wahhabi type of rulers that can't agree among themselves and the American administration is going for the kill. It wants to deplete everything they have in their treasuries to the last riyal, to the last dirham everything and they're beginning to point thing no you should pay no you should pay who's going to pay no the other one should pay we don't have enough money they should pay what is this when Allah is saying you don't have enough Islam and Iman in you to sit down is that asking too much sit down at a table and discuss 
what you should be doing in promoting Islamic brotherhood and togetherness instead of trying to get the financial demands, the financial monkey off of your back. There's not enough taqwa in you to do something like that. The king in Saudi Arabia has inaugurated an entertainment city this week an entertainment city somewhere south of Riyadh with an area of 334 square kilometers this is the way they perceive these individuals who are winded up by imperialism and Zionism this is the way they perceive that they are going to break away from their fanatical past I think it's time for the Muslims who have, there's since brothers and sisters there are sincere Muslims in the world who have been fooled and led to believe that their fighting and their carrying of arms is fi sabilillah when in fact it is on a course of a shaitan I think by now some of these if they still have sincerity inside their hearts it's about time that they woke up and realized what has been done to them and away with this fanaticism I don't want to speak to you because you're a Mu'tazili I don't want to speak to you because you're a Sufi I don't want to speak to you because you're a Shi'i I don't want to speak to you because you are a follower of one of the madhabs. I don't want to spell all of this. What is this? With all the blood and tears of all of these years, they can't wake up and see what has been done to them. The personal bodyguard in the newspaper the other day, the new personal bodyguard of Bin Laden is in Germany collecting over a thousand euros with his family collecting over a thousand euros every month the Germans are beginning to say what is this this is from our tax dollars and we're paying is this real we're paying the guard of bin Laden who's living among us you'd think for a moment you pity the ignorance of the people in Germany the Germans and the ignorance of the Muslims themselves who still could not figure out that bin Laden and his guards and Isis and Daesh and all of these other organizations were the creation of the cohabitation of the policies of Saudi Arabia with Zionism and imperialism as easy as it is to figure this out still some people because no one wants people to think 
Some people cannot figure it out. In the past few days, there's massive resignations by the Syrian coalition. That coalition that came into existence some years ago because of this war inside of Syria. These pro-Saudis now are looking at themselves running away from that coalition. Human Rights Watch says Saudi Arabia in the first four months of this year has executed 48 individuals. And they tell us, information comes from them, they tell us half of them were due to crimes of addiction or drug smuggling. What type of Islam is this? There, was, there were issues of addiction and what can be considered equivalent to carrying narcotics from one place to the other. In our early history, we never heard of these types of executions. Is, did the quality of Islam decrease or is it that they don't understand the meaning of applying Islamic law? One of the major personalities from Saudi Arabia in northern Syria has escaped an assassination attempt in the past 24 hours. That's three attempted assassinations against him in the past year when these Islamic, no one's saying kafir, we don't use their terminology, we don't misunderstand Allah's revealed meanings to us. These Islamic organizations that have been at war with themselves right now don't know where to go. What's good? They lost their geography. Three, four years ago, they took the majority of lands in Syria and Iraq. They don't have that anymore. They just have little areas that they continue to dwell in. The European Union just in the past day closed down there's a communication an online communication center called amaq means the depths that was closed down you'd say to yourself well why didn't you do that when they went online several years ago why are you doing it now you mean you were not capable of doing it when they began and now you're capable of doing it? Ask yourself, why is this happening? Israel confesses that one of its drones was downed over Lebanon. You tell me there's no preparations for a war and the facts on the ground have another answer for you. The Russian ambassador to Doha, Qatar, said that the foreign minister, the ex-foreign minister and the ex-prime minister of Qatar told him that we in Qatar have managed to bring down four Arab governments, Arabian governments. Four. What does he say today? Does anyone, does anyone have a camera 
Does anyone have some questions to go to him and say, what's your comment about that? At this time, Jordan, the government in Jordan is telling its population and the Palestinians outside of Palestine and the Muslims go and visit Jerusalem. What happened? They were saying Jerusalem is off limits. It's it's they, their words. It's under occupation. It's really under colonization. It's under occupation. No one should go to Jerusalem. Why did you flip? Because there is a new administration in Washington and you're getting your orders for a new tomorrow and part of that new tomorrow is to see Muslims flock into colonized Al-Quds. In Norway, of all places, the liberal Scandinavians, they want one of their right-wing fanatical type of parties wants to ban the Adhan from the Masajid there. All of these ha things happening at that range of developments and then one of the members of the Supreme Council of Ulama in Saudi Arabia says just this past week look, look at where he, what, where is he living he says there's no problem if a woman talks with her cousins in public Meaning the problem is if she talks with her cousins one-to-one, -one, there's a problem there. Where is this person living when all of our cousins, when all of our relatives are being, you know what, what, what's happening to them? Why can't he begin to speak about the real issues in the world? And then there is a, come a Saudi comedian Believe it or not, there's a Saudi comedian. He comes and he says, the days of fanaticism and extremism are over. We look forward to having sculptured images in our streets now. Meaning in Riyadh, in Jeddah, in Mecca, in Al Medina, in these other cities. This is the reaction to closed minds and the hatred that they embody inside of themselves. The head of the fatwa department in Algeria said the following, the Salafis have introduced mental corruption into our country. This is at a time when one of the members of the Israeli Knesset said, Ahed at Tamimi, you, you saw that young Palestinian a couple of months ago, the way she was mistreated by the racist Zionist thugs in uniform. This member of Knesset says 
in this past week that she should have been shot. And then he, he, he wanted to refine his statement. He said, at least she should have been shot in the leg. Do we have these ulama who can bring us these types of issues and speak about them? Is there anything in the Quran or in the Sunnah that says you cannot speak about these life and death issues? The American administration now, it has omitted the word occupied territories. When you speak about Palestine, in official America from now on, you cannot refer to them as occupied territories. You can't say the West Bank is occupied territories. We said previously it's more than occupied, it's colonized territories. But even the word occupied, as mild as it is, they want to take that out of circulation. You can't say occupied territories. And then one of the Israeli ministers suggested that assassinations should begin against members of Hamas. And lo and behold, a member of Hamas in Malaysia, a Muslim country, was assassinated this past week. The first thing that's going to happen, that we have a new Secretary of State, used to be head of the CIA. This week he became, the Congress gave him their endorsement, you are the Secretary of State, and what, where is he going to go? The first places he's going to go is to Saudi Arabia, Jordan, and Israel. Now you tell me something is not brewing. And we should be absent-minded about facts that are swirling around our necks. Kuwait expels the Filipino ambassador and recalls its own ambassador from Manila. Why? Because they have an issue of the mistreatment of maids in Kuwait. Many Filipino maids come to Kuwait and they are suffering from what is the predominant religious strain in Kuwait. If that religious strain says you can kill Muslims, imagine what they are doing to Filipino maids. All of these issues, don't you think we should be conscious of? Don't you think these should be elements of khutbahs on Friday to be placed in the context of the proper Quran and the straightforward sunnah? Or do they want to contribute to a future of reaction? Something's going to happen some months down the road, this year, next year, only Allah knows. Something big is going to happen. Then you'll see demonstrations and you'll see reactions. No, we don't need that. We need preparations. We need to prepare your mind, set your mind straight on what is happening. Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna tiba'ah. وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ولا تجعله ملتبسا علينا 
واجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم إليك نشكو ضعف قوتنا وقلة حيلتنا وهوانا على الناس يا أرحم الراحمين أنت ربنا وأنت رب المستضعفين فإلى من تكلنا إلى غريب يتجهمنا أم إلى عدو ملكته أمرنا إن لم يكن بك علينا غضب فلا نبالي ولكن عافيتك هي أوسع لنا نعوذ بنور وجهك الذي أشرقت له الظلمات وصلح عليه أمر الدنيا والآخرة من أن تنزل بنا غضبك أو تحل علينا سخطك لك العتبة حتى ترضى ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بك اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد وصل على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وآل محمد وبارك على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة 